Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Why does making friends as an adult feel so what hard? What should I wear on a first date? What the date? hell is a foreign But that hookup was not good. So what do I want my life to look like in five years? We, we want to know too. Since 2012, the Every Girl has been an online destination to help women around the world achieve the life of their dreams. Now, we're excited to bring you the same inspiring content with the Every Girl Podcast. You guys, I... I'm geeking out over our guest today. Megan Roop is a celebrity fitness guru and founder of the Sculpt Society. She's trained celebrities like Miranda Kerr, Carly Kloss, and Shay Mitchell. I mean, iconic, right? But what I've always really admired about Megan, besides the fact that she has direct access to my ultimate girl crush, Shay Mitchell, is that her purpose is to make exercise accessible, simple, and more fun. The Sculpt Society is a dance and sculpt-based workout with a mission to help women feel empowered and actually enjoy exercise. It's about freaking time. Somebody said that working out should be fun. I had so many questions for her selfishly, so we get into a lot. We talk about her body image and relationship with exercise when she was younger. We talk about secrets to stay motivated and achieve results. And then we talk about what New Year's resolutions look like to her. To absolutely no one's surprise, I also had to grill her for her tips and tricks and all the routines that she swears makes a huge difference in her well-being. And trust me, they do not disappoint. Let's get into it all. Please welcome Megan Roop to the Every Girl Podcast. Before we get into my conversation with Megan, today's review is from Mary Claire Mall. It's so kind. Mary Claire wrote, it's like it reads your mind. Week after week, I think, how did the every girl know I was thinking about XYZ? It's kind of freaky. I have followed this blog for years and I'm so excited they made a podcast too. This is by far my favorite podcast out there. Add it to your rotation ASAP. Thank you, Mary Claire. Truly, like this review means so much to me because my main goal with the podcast is to give you, our audience, what you guys need when you need it. Like it's really important to me to balance the content between, you know, something inspiring whenever you want to be inspired, and then also having episodes that make you feel seen when you might be feeling stressed or overwhelmed. So that review truly means the entire world to me, to the entire Evergirl brand. Thank you so much for leaving that and for taking the time to leave it because I know how easy it is to like listen to podcasts and then kind of like not thinking about leaving a review, but it really does help us so much. So if you enjoy this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you liked, even what you want more of. Thank you so, so much in advance. Now, without further ado, let's dive into the episode. Megan, thank you so much again. Like I was telling you off camera, I am a huge fan of yours. I'm geeking out because I followed you and your career for years. So I feel like I'm already an expert on you, but thank you so much for joining us. And I'm so excited to have you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. 
So you are obviously so well-known in the wellness space right now, but I want to go from the very beginning. What got you into fitness and what did you love about exercise and overall wellness, taking it back from the very beginning? Oh gosh, do you have two hours? Okay, so I'll try and, <laughs> I'll try and make it the fast version. I think, you know, movement's always been a part of my life. I grew up dancing, but the, you know, the world of fitness and gym life was really new to me. And I struggled as someone who danced my whole life as, as a way of ex- not, you know, that was my exercise. That was my relationship with movement. But, you know, in college that started to change and I started to go to the gym and, struggle to find a way of moving my body that felt good. And I have vivid memories. And I always say like, I I remember being in New York at like a crunch fitness on the, like the elliptical or the, you know, or I was like on the treadmill running and just hating every second of it, really like writing down how many calories I was burning. And that was like, that was the relationship I had with working out. And So it took me a while to understand that that's not how working out needed to be and that I could really find a way of moving my body that felt joyful. And for me, that was discovering um, dance-based fitness. I was discovering dance cardio and sculpting in this new world that I didn't know existed. And I think someone with a dance background, I was dancing professionally in New York, you know, I had all of this training. It was such an exciting moment because for so long, I had tortured myself in the gym and my relationship with movement also spilt a little bit into my relationship with my body and my relationship with food. And in my early twenties, it just was a kind of a negative relationship that I was having. And so it was a missing element in my twenties of, of, of understanding how I could create positive moments of movement my relationship with my body and all of that work that I was doing internally, it all kind of came together once I had discovered this way of working out that felt so good. Yeah. It all kind of clicked that there's like so much there. I'm so curious about, I know obviously you had a very successful career as a professional dancer. Was that mentality kind of coming from, you know, whoever you're, you're, was hiring you that they were saying you have to do X, Y, Z on the treadmill or, or like, where was that mindset? Do you think coming from, was that just like in the dance world? Yeah. I think what's so interesting is whether it's sex or drugs or food or overexercising, whatever you're using or obsessing about, oftentimes it actually has nothing to do with what you think you're doing it for. Right. So I kind of fell into the cycle of like, of yo-yo dieting and binge eating. And, and honestly, it started in my like end of my senior year of high school into my freshman year. And, and it really was because I had at that time decided to not pursue dance. So I was going to a state school in, in California. I was an English major and it was, I, it was like the worst decision I'd ever made, but I didn't understand that that's why I had started to fall into those behaviors. I thought I was just wanting to like fit in and and be super thin. I don't even, honestly, it's, I'm so far removed from it now, but like, <laughs> I don't even know where that started, but I can now say in retrospect, it started because I was really unhappy and sad that I wasn't pursuing my true passion. And so that freshman year was, was really dark and lonely. And I remember going home um, and saying, you know, mom, I like, I want to go see a therapist. I know something's off. I'm usually a happy person you know, I've started to yo-yo diet and binge and I just, I can see that this cycle, like I need help getting out of it. 
So that therapist really cracked me pretty early on. And she was like, okay, like you're not pursuing dance. You're using this as a, like a numbing tool. So that really set me off in a different trajectory. I then ended up transferring to NYU's Tisch Dance program. And that was amazing. But unfortunately, those behaviors didn't just go away. So that took a while. I wish I had stayed in therapy. I think I would have really figured a lot of things out faster if I had stayed in it. But I, you know, I did a lot of self-work, a lot of just internal work on how I was talking to myself, the stories I was believing about myself and my body and my worth. And that combined with figuring out a way of exercising that felt good really brought me full circle into healing my relationship with my body, with food, and just being on the other side now of that. And, and I think that's really too, like part of my mission with what I'm doing with the Sculpt Society is I now know the freedom of how I feel so much more at home in my body. And so much of that is attributed to my movement practice. And so really wanting to help other women get to this place because I'm telling you, every woman I talk to, every woman on some level of some spectrum has experienced that relationship with themselves or with food. And I just want to get them on the other side of it. It is something that sadly, I would say most, if not all women have experienced to some degree of maybe feeling out of their body, not confident in their body, feeling at war with their body. So that, that is a really powerful message. And your self-awareness is very impressive, honestly, like the fact that you could see these things and go to your mom and be like, I need therapy. I need to do something. I'm noticing these behaviors. Like I'm not feeling like myself. That is really impressive. Like most people, especially you were probably what, like in your early twenties. I was younger. I was 19. Yeah. It was my, yeah. Do people tell you when you tell the story that that's amazing self-awareness? Yes. I think I'm, I'm pretty in tune. I've always been in tune, but I think it's also require it requires action too. So I think there are other things, even even today, like there, I'm self-aware and I know certain things, like I'm a total workaholic and I'll tell you that, but then it's like actually taking action to be a little bit more, like how do I figure out how to, like what are those, those patterns I continue to do and how to unravel that? So yes, but as a 19 year old, I, I'm so grateful that I was able to, you know, talk to my mom and, and know that I needed help because- I don't know that a lot of people could get there without that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the the awareness plus the action. Because I think a lot of people, when they feel that way about their bodies, where they're like, you know, I have to be running on the treadmill, you know, I have these body issues. A lot of that, we, it's so easy to go to the place where it's like, that's just because my body doesn't look like hers or like my body's not good, where instead you were very much able to identify how I feel about my body and and what I'm doing to cause harm to myself is really because of my own, like something deeper in emotional state, not because my body is flawed. And I think that that's really powerful yeah. too, is to realize that it's not coming from, you know, what actually is a logical response to your body not being right or not being as good as it could be or whatever it is. And it's coming from an emotional state. And that's really, really powerful. So like, oh my God, oh my God, we already just got it in so deep. <laughs> But going from that, that 19 year old that you, you know, obviously were figuring out what you wanted, you changed and went to NYU for dance. You were figuring out your relationship with your body, with fitness. Why did you launch the Sculpt Society? How did you get from that girl to not just where you are now, but like when you were first starting the Sculpt Society? 
Yeah, I think, you know, if you had told Megan, you know, in her day, early days at, at NYU as a dancer and pursuing dance and professional dance that I would be, I would own a fitness company, I would have, I would have said absolutely no way. <laughs> I think it was continuing to lean into the things that made me happy in my professional career. So I, you know, I was teaching fitness as a side hustle. I was dancing professionally. I was working in fashion and I kept on just tuning into like, how am I feeling? What are the things that I'm enjoying? And I really was enjoying fitness. I was loving being able to connect with other women on such a deep emotional level. Like because I had gone through it myself, I could see how sharing that movement practice had an effect on, on their life. And I really saw a longer trajectory, a, a career that I could have you know, and that was in a time I think where boutique fitness in New York was blowing up. It was like, you know, there were so many different methods and I was really, I was teaching fitness, but I was also really educating myself. I was taking a lot of different classes where former Pilates and yoga and just all of these different modalities. And I felt like there was such a missing class out there in the dance-based fitness world that was not for dancers, that was not intimidating, that was warm and welcoming. And that was really, you know, under an hour, right? We're all so busy and wanting to just make sure that I really wanted to provide a class that was so fun and effective, but that everyone who came into my class felt successful and left feeling joyful and feeling like they had just had the best time. And so as I start, you know, that, that, that realization took me a long time. And so I, I launched in New York in 2017, you know, with zero people in my class, sometimes one, sometimes just my boyfriend, now husband at the time, you know, he was my boyfriend at the time he would come and just starting my community with that in place, but like a really solid foundation of why I'm starting and the feeling I wanted my community to have when they were taking class with me. And I think I think that felt really refreshing. It still feels refreshing now, but even then it felt like super refreshing for people in New York who were, who were into boutique fitness, but they were like, Oh wow, like this, this can be fun and this can be, this can be a community and I can make friends here. And so that was really exciting. And, you know, we really built a New York family. And as that started to evolve, digital fitness was evolving around me. And at the time I was teaching every, you know, seven days a week, I was teaching multiple privates a day. And I got to a point where I was like, how is Megan doing this at 45? (laughs) This like schedule is not sustainable. And so, um, you know, and because I was in New York, a lot of people were traveling in and out of the city. And I thought, you know, let's, let's take a, a big leap of faith and let's create the digital experience. And so in November of 2019, I launched the Sculpt Society app. Taking the Sculpt Society classes and using the app, I I really very much can see how your mission to make it a inclusive, exciting, joyful experience and and an accessible one too. Like it, it really, you feel that so strongly, and it, it it really amazes me because a lot of fitness influencers, a lot of different methods out there, it seems like the idea is more for it to be like, you know put in a lot of work and this is really hard and really challenging so that you can look like X, Y, and Z and so that you can be really strong. And it's like the, the very much like the Barry's boot camp mentality of like, go really hard and change yourself. And yours is so yeah. refreshing to use your word. Like it, it really, 
is because your goal, even though it is something like dance, which is super intimidating for a lot of people, was to make it this fun, inviting experience that makes you feel good instead of feeling like I have to go do this because I want to look a certain way. It's like, I'm excited to do this because of how it makes me feel. And that is really, it comes through in every single thing you do, like everything about the Sculpt Society app. It's so clear. Why was that so important to you? Like, why did you pinpoint that as being such a core of what you wanted to create? I think it's because what I always needed, you know, I think about Mm. 19, 20, 22, 25 year olds, Megan, like she needed that. She needed a community that felt supportive. She needed a class that felt uplifting, that felt empowering, that was not about getting a thigh gap or six pack abs. That was, you know, building and instilling confidence in myself that I was enough as I was. And that this class yeah, it's going to be like a kick-ass, athletic, sweaty, fun time. But like, and sure, like you're, you're going to gain strength, you know, as you come back, but that wasn't the focus. And so I always say this saying um, internally as well with the sculpt. So people come, right. It's a fitness class. Like they come for the results, but they stay for the feeling because that feeling within the Sculpt Society is so unique and special. And once you've experienced it, I think that's why we have such an amazing community is because everyone is there to have that feeling and that freedom within movement and that just celebration of ourselves in the moment, in the now, not in the future self, like who we are as we're showing up to that class in that day. And I think, you know, yeah, I think going back to your question, it's 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 what I needed, and it's what I what I still need today. You know, is that whenever a founder of anything creates something for the product, the society, the community, whatever it is that they didn't have and needed, I think it's like the most powerful thing, and it, and it really comes across. A lot of people are fitness instructors and trainers, and they have their own kinds of workouts. Um, you know, they have clients, but you are fascinating because you've gone to the next level to be a huge celebrity trainer, a personality in your own right. You have a massive social media following, a huge brand. So I'm so curious, like, what do you think set you apart and catapulted you from a fitness instructor to this massive brand? Yeah, I think, you know, I'm a millennial. I think when I started in 2017, I didn't have a social media following, but I knew the power of social. I was using Instagram. I was following a lot of influencers. So I understood in order to grow my community, to really spread the message and word of mouth, you know, using Instagram as a platform. So, you know, starting just posting consistently myself, reaching out to influencers, models in the city to come take my class. And I think also word of mouth from my community. Like I always talk about Sally Joe, who has 10 followers. Like she is going to get 110% from me. And so is Miranda Kerr. You know, it, it doesn't matter to me like who's taking my class. And I think like my community feels that from me as well. And so even when I was starting and there were like two people in the class, I was, I knew like I, I could deliver the most kick-ass experience that they'd ever had in a class that they would tell their friends and they would come back. And so utilizing Instagram, utilizing my community and, and knowing that word of mouth would spread that way. And so I think I started to have different influencers and models come to class. And then honestly, even just word of mouth, a lot of like my bigger clients have come from um, friends of theirs coming to take my class or take it um, take the Sculpt Society app and and telling them about it. And then them 
getting in touch with me um, about working together. So, you know, it's, I think it was a lot of hard work, but also timing for me as well. In 2017, I feel like social media was a little bit different than it is today, but cold DMing people. I still do that all the time. Like, Hey, you don't know me. (laughs) Um, I know I can just get you into a class or trying a class online, like that you love it. And I think, um, you know, people read their DMS and they read their emails. You're so smart. You're so smart to utilize that. Like really, like I so see your strategy in that. And it's obviously been so successful. I know you mentioned having influencers models being kind of a part of that brand in the early days. What models, celebrities, influencers, do you feel like are like your biggest like pinch me moments? I can't believe the celebrity loves what I'm doing. Gosh. Um, you know, Miranda Kerr's like turned, she's now, she's a client friend. I still like, that's pretty, I have such fond memories of like, like Victoria's Secret show growing up and being like, oh my gosh. And she's such a genuine, beautiful person inside and out. And so that's been a pinch me moment. Um, Oh gosh, I feel like I've got, I mean, I've trained Shay Mitchell, who's also so lovely. Um, so I'm cool. To think of like real pinch me moments. I mean, now I get giddy about like female founders that I get to meet or, or I'm introduced to and they, I hear that they're doing this golf study. Like that gets me really um, excited. But you know, oh gosh, I have some, I have some actresses that I train, I can't talk about, but <laughs> that, that have been really fun sure. to train. But, you know, I, I feel very lucky. Everyone I've worked with has been supportive and just wonderful humans. So um, that's been an amazing experience. That's so amazing. And, and it's so impressive that you can grow your brand in that way of being a, a known celebrity trainer. And you very much are growing that part. But then you're still very much focused on like the Sally Joe you said of you want to make sure that every person doing what you are giving them is going to love it. Yeah, I'm here because of Sally Joe. Like, you know, my community is everything to me. And and utilizing Instagram um, for direct contact with my community. What is it that they're liking? What is their feedback? Even if I see someone and they, you know, we talk about sculpt study in real life, I'm the meet the second question I'm always asking is like, what can we do better? Like what what do you want more of on the sculpt study app? So just constantly getting that direct feedback from the community because it is the platform is for them. And I want to make sure it's the best experience. Um, you know, we just did, we just un- unveiled our new, our new app, which has been such a big lift for us. It's been like nine months in the making, but every single update and new feature on the new app is because of feedback that we've received over the last three years from our community. And they've stuck with us and we've, we've, you know, promised that we would, we would deliver. And I'm just, things like that, that I know, like, you know, again, everything goes back to I'm here and I have a business because my community believes in me. It's so smart. So smart to stay focused on that. Pivoting a little bit, your Instagram bio says, transform your relationship with working out and your body, which I love, by the way, I love that so much. What does it mean to transform your relationship with working out? Yeah. I think, it, again, I go back to that vision of me like counting every calorie on a treadmill. I think so many women are obsessed with how many calories they're burning, how many steps they're getting in, um, how much cardio they're doing. Are they doing enough? Is an hour a day enough? Like, oh my gosh, I get so 
frustrated with that belief system. And it's unfortunately just so reoccurring in our diet culture and in our wellness discussions even today. And I think being, again, on the other side of it and feeling so much freedom with my relationship with movement, I want to share with women that your workouts do not need to be hours a day. They don't even need to be 45 minutes a day. They don't even need to be 30 minutes a day. I want women to focus on being consistent and showing up for themselves. And if that looks like a 10 minute workout, amazing. It's, it's to me, it's about committing to less so that you can show up more in your life. And because the more you show up, the more consistent you are, the habit starts to build in. And for me, 10 minutes energetically shifts how you feel in your body, in your mind. And that goes into the rest of your day, into your relationships, into your job, into everything that you're doing. And so for me, it is so powerful to even just commit to a short workout because that is going to change the entire trajectory of your day. And with habit and over time, that's in every single day. So I think of so many women kind of chained up in this idea that it's never enough. And if we can just start to unravel that and coil that and, and change that, that belief system that we need to be doing so much to get a quote unquote result, I feel like that's part of my mission because I know that I can, I can give you a kick-ass workout in 10 minutes and yeah, you're going to feel and see the results from it. And I think it's just, it's just getting people to believe that. So I don't know if that answered your question. (laughs) No, it totally does. I am such a big believer that anything we do for our bodies, for our wellness, for our health should feel enjoyable, which sadly is so contradictive to everything we've been taught. You know, it's such a, um, almost like a, a huge paradox of, wait, we're actually supposed to enjoy working out? No, I'm supposed to feel tortured at the gym. I'm supposed to be like sweating and miserable like you on the treadmill in order to burn calories or whatever it is. Like like we're taught that we're supposed to be restrictive and we're supposed to like that, that it's kind of like that beauty is pain that shows up in wellness. And so I, I think what you're doing is really amazing. And I love that answer because I, I am such a big believer of like anything that feels good for us means it's good for our bodies too. And and a workout should feel good. It should feel like 10 minutes that make you feel good. Yeah. And I will say, you know, obviously I don't like to hone in on results, but I understand if someone is doing a workout, they want to see physical results. And I absolutely believe that the Sculpt Society delivers that. And I will say too, what, what COVID taught me, what the pandemic taught me was before I was teaching every single day of the week. I was doing multiple privates. And so I was in, in essence over-exercising. And so with the pandemic, because all of that was cut out and I was just doing lives on the Sculpt Society app, I was doing so much less. And even now today, I'm doing so much less exercise, but it's the commitment to shorter workouts that are effective and fun. And I will tell you, I've never felt or looked better. And I, I really believe it's because my body... I'm almost, it's like a, a big, like sigh of relief. It's like, oh, I've in, I'm intuitively listening to how I feel, what I need each day. And my body isn't like stressed out and like holding on for dear life because I'm like putting it through all of these crazy exercises and hours a day. It's like, oh my gosh, I can finally relax. And in turn, I've never felt or looked better. 
more people need to hear that. Yeah, that it is possible to not torture yourself and see the results that you want, have the results you want, a hundred percent. And I, I'm curious too because I, I, I believe, and I have heard this from some people that when you are doing exercise that is drastically raising your cortisol, then then that can cause the opposite of what you want. That can cause like muscle yeah. wasting. Muscle wasting is that a thing? And you know, fat storage and it's like the opposite. Is that true? Or is it more of just like, it's important for you to feel that way to be consistent? I think it's a little bit of both, right? Like if you, to me, like if I'm on the treadmill, I'm not enjoying it, right? Like to me, there's so much interconnected emotionally, um, energetically about how we feel about things. So you're not filling your cup up that way because you're hating the movement practice. But if you're doing a, a 10 minute dance cardio that feels cathartic and like a release or even a 10 minute, I don't know, abs on back, whatever the video is, right? That feels um, like you're filling yourself up. So a 10 minute run that you hate versus something that you enjoy, I think from a, from an emotional energetic state plays into so much of your results and and, and your cortisol levels and, and all of those things. I totally agree. I think our bodies are meant to feel joy and designed to feel joy. And when we allow ourselves to feel that way, the body responds. So I I absolutely love that. Going back to your Instagram bio on the flip side of it, um, I know we talked about the, the relationship with exercise. What tips do you have to help people change their relationship to their bodies now? Yeah. You know, I think for me, it's um, how do we get women to stop focusing on the future self, which we tend to think is thinner or fitter or whatever it is, right? And really hone into what we have now and that we know that we're enough. And so for me, my tool is is movement and how I'm communicating with my community. So never using triggering words in my workouts, really honing in on taking up space, being big, finding strength that you are strong, um, you know, constantly reminding them to like get out of their head, be in their body, like check off the to-do list. You're here for 30 minutes. They sound small, but it's almost mantra based. And if you're taking the Sculpt Society repeatedly, you'll start to hear that I say those things over and over again. And honestly, the hundredth time you hear it, hopefully it starts to crack and, and seep in a little bit. And I think just changing your relationship with movement changes your relationship with hopefully your body because you're starting to celebrate it. You're starting to recognize that, shoot, I just showed up for a workout. Like, yeah, I'm proud of myself. Like be, being proud of yourself for even just showing up for your movement practice that day. So I think, you know, there is a lot of work that people can do on themselves, but my, hopefully what I can contribute is the words I'm saying in my workouts. And hopefully, you know, as you go throughout your day, it's like, oh yeah, I'm feeling strong. And it's not starting to nitpick at your body. It's, it's actually recognizing all of the amazing things that it does for you. That is really powerful. And, and that's a ginormous mindset shift from, you know, a lot of people and for many decades thinking I have to work out because I dislike how my body is now. So I want it to be different. And instead of saying I'm working out because I dislike my body, it's I'm working out because I love my body, because I want my body to feel good because I, I'm doing it for my body, not in punishment of my body. Like that is hugely powerful. And I can see that shifting that mindset just about working out can really affect the way you see everything else, which is really, really powerful. 
Let's talk about motivation because a lot of people struggle with starting or keeping a routine going. I feel like that's like the number one thing I hear as a wellness editor and a health coach myself is like, I don't have motivation. I can't do it. Like I can't keep it up. What tips do you have to feel motivated to move your body, especially in seasons like this that are like cold and dreary and sad out? I know. It's so funny. You know, I, we talk about it all the time internally with our team, just fitness is, you know, is something that you feel the effects after it's done, right? Like, oh yes, that's why I'm moving my body. But it is so hard for so many people to just press play on a video. And so for me, that is why I really lean into that notion of commit to less so that you can show up more. Commit to shorter workouts. And I don't, you know, whether you have a fitness routine or you're out of it and you're just frustrated, you're trying to mix it up. I think just starting with smaller amounts of movement are, is going to allow you to be more consistent and be more successful. So for me, we've built out multiple programs that are quickie programs that's, that are literally designed with a calendar. It's like, here's your 10 minute workout that you're going to do today. And so I think it's a little mind trick. I, I play it on myself every week because if there, there I have multiple days during the week where I don't have a private client or I'm not going live and I want to get movement in and man, it is tough, you know, even in the industry, <laughs> like even yeah. as someone who knows all of the things, like I'm, you know, today I'm tired. And so I play that trick all the time. I'm like, okay, I'm going to commit to just 10 minutes. And every time I commit to 10 minutes, nine times out of 10, I'll put on a second quickie or I'll move on with my day and just feel so much better. So I think it's that. I think it's finding a community that you can feel supported in, whether it's a friend doing a program or workout with you. For us on the Sculpt Society, we have a private Facebook group where there are a lot of different like pods going on where like accountability groups will be either meeting up or doing Zooms and you know weekly Zooms together to work out. Because I think honestly, when you're doing it alone, it can feel daunting sometimes. So just having someone to help you there. And I think there's other little tricks too, like scheduling it in. You know, for us, that was a huge update in our new app and our feature. You can now literally go into the app, tap on a video, schedule it in to the day, the time, and then we'll send you a push notification hour. So I think there's something mentally about seeing that green check mark off or that X that you didn't do it in your calendar that just can be helpful in accountability. And then also little tricks I think that are really helpful is the night before you, you know, you want to get moving in the next day, put out your workout outfit, pre-select what workout you're going to do so that in the morning when you're tired, it's one less decision you have to make. And then the last thing, which I do love that we do is Monday through Sunday, we literally tell our community, here's the, here are a couple of video options. Like here's your schedule for the week. Because I do think whether if you're not following one of our programs and you're kind of just floating, we don't want you to float. We want you to like go in, know what you're going to do. And I think sometimes just taking away that decision fatigue where it's like, okay, Monday, here's what you're going to do. Here are your three options. Pick from them. So those are my, those are my tips. Those are such good tips. And I love those because in my opinion, I really do believe that the biggest issue for people when it comes to motivation is not even the, you know, I am tired, so I don't want to move. It's more of the decision fatigue of like, when am I going to work out? How am I going to work out? Do I go to a class? Do I do a Sculpt Society workout? Like it, it, it is the decision fatigue of it all that there are so many options and decisions, not only just how you work out, what you're wearing, where you're yeah. going, when you're fitting it in. So I, I love that you're making that decision as easy as possible so that yeah. it's 
you're playing to the decision fatigue that we all are very much experiencing in our lives. And that those are like tricks and tips that no matter what people, whatever way, way they like to work out that I think is really helpful. I personally literally would never work out if I did not like exactly like you were saying that the Sculpt Society has put it in my calendar and like have it there. So I can't, I can't exit it out. I can't say I'm just going to skip it. It's in my calendar. It's there. And, and that is a game changer. So moving on to a little more resolutions because this episode is coming out in the new year. So I also want to know just like your general thoughts on resolutions. Like, do you set resolutions for yourself? Do you have any tips for keeping them? Or like, what do you think about them? Because I know now they're a little almost like controversial kind of. I've never been great with resolutions. I don't know if I'm the right person to ask. I feel like, <laughs> I guess for me, I really hate the the like the fitness world of New Year, New You. Like that, just like oh my god, if I have to hear that one more time. <laughs> but I think it's it. I think it's again. I I want to empower my community or or anyone listening that like wants to really you know take their health and their and their mind right. Like there's mental health too. So many benefits with movement. I just want to provide value there where I can help support you in that journey without making you feel like you need to go from zero to a hundred, right? Again, this misconception of like, you need to do out an hour of cardio a day to like all of the, it's like so much pressure, especially if you're just trying to get back into the groove. So I don't know that I, I, I love, I love that January brings up the feeling of wanting to get into a wellness practice and movement practice. I do like that because we want people moving their bodies and feeling good. I just want to do it from a healthy place. And I want to make sure I give my community um, the tools to do it. I almost feel like for you, it's like, it could be anytime. Like it doesn't have to be January, anytime that you feel that motivation. Cause I, I've thought a lot about resolutions in the past couple of years, because obviously we've had to think about, you know, what is our voice when it comes to resolutions? Because we're so anti, you know, force, like exactly like you said, the new year, new you, like we're so anti that, but it's like, how do we cover resolutions on the every girl? And my personal stance on it is I think a lot of people that happens a lot, obviously it is a new year. So it's a fresh start or whatever. But I think a lot of it comes from I feel ashamed because I didn't really care about my routines over the holidays. So I like, it's kind of like the shame spiral where you feel like you have to change all these things and, and be perfect and meet all these goals. And it's overwhelming. Like I, I yeah. think resolutions more than anything is, is really yeah. overwhelming. So is there anything that you do or recommend? So I'm also a big intuitive eater believer. So if you are listening and you're struggling with, you know, that feeling of maybe shame around food. There's so many people that feel shameful after the holidays. If they've, you know, I don't know, quote unquote, I don't, I don't even like the word indulged. Like if, you, if you've just maybe had, uh, maybe you've gone from a strict diet into a binge over the holidays. There's a book I would recommend called Women, Food, and God by Janine Roth. There's also a book called Intuitive Eating by Evelyn something. Both books are great, but I think changing, you know, as I, I talk, I'm clearly an intuitive movement believer, but it also translates into eating. And for me in my early twenties, when I was going through that, I experienced so much shame around food, especially after a binge. And so understanding that relationship you have with food, again, the belief system you have with yourself and your, your worthiness around food. I think there's a lot to dive into that. And I think, I think it more goes back to the fact that in January, a lot of us are experiencing that. So maybe it's 
a journey of, of healing your relationship with how you approach food and wellness. And maybe you read a book and feel a little bit lighter around that. But I, I'm always very careful around, like, I don't want my community to feel like they have to go onto a diet or I want my community to, you know, go to, go to Thanksgiving, go to the new year's party and enjoy themselves. Um, without any shame the next day that they need to burn it off. I don't even want that to be like part of the, what they're thinking about. And unfortunately, I would say most women and men feel that way. I think that's really great advice to look at the mindset. I love those book recommendations, by the way. I need to get both of those. It sounds so good. But I, I love that of, of redefining your relationship. So like maybe for people listening, a key takeaway, it sounds like, is if you are feeling that like, oh my gosh, I got to like get, get back on the game or like I fell off the wagon or whatever it is that, that instead it's like, let me revisit that mindset. Why am I feeling that way? Instead of jumping to let me run a marathon and let me, you know, I don't even know what else limit sugar, whatever it is. And here's the thing, because it comes down to consistency, right? Like January is going to come and go. You're health and wellness journey is forever. So it is so imperative that we take the time to figure out what works for us because every day we're going to want to, we're going to wake up and every day it's like brushing our teeth. Like how are we moving our body? How are we eating? Like all of these things, it needs to feel like something that, that you can be consistent with. And that's why diets don't work. And that's why crazy workouts come and go. It needs to be something sustainable over time that feels good for you. Yes. I love that. Oh my God. Tattoo that on me. Honestly, that's so good. What's your food? I don't even know if I want to say routine, but I'm just curious, like, are there kind of foods you like? Is there a mindset around food? Obviously intuitive eating is a, is a yeah. huge one, but like, what does that show up for you? How does that look in your diet and, and what are kind of your yeah. nutrition tips? Yeah, I think, so I'm an intuitive eater, but you know, I think I also approach food from, I am ideally grabbing for whole foods, non-processed foods, because also when you take away the label of like good versus bad, and you actually just ask yourself how you feel after eating it. And like, is it giving you energy? Are you feeling bloated? Are you feeling lethargic? Do you feel amazing? Like just taking those concepts of good versus bad away and just say, you can have whatever you want. Once you allow yourself to do that, again, it's like that big breath of like, oh, I can relax Sigh a relief. little, right? And that fifth snicker bar isn't going to feel so desperate because I know that desperate feeling when you're yo-yo dieting and you're like, I just want to, you know, whatever the food is. So, um, I really know foods are off limits. I, I tend to be boring because I love the same. I could eat, like my husband hates this about me. Like I could eat Ezekiel toast with avocado and eggs like every day and be joyful every time I eat it where he's like, <laughs> I've had this for five days in a row. I need to change it up. <laughs> I'm bored. Um, I'm bored. Yeah. So I, I think, oh gosh, go-tos are like that. Eggs, avocado, um, Ezekiel bread. I love like lentil pasta. I love I'm like addicted to good culture cottage cheese, by the way, like everyone. And like, and blueberries. I love raw almond butter. Um, I literally, for lunch today, I had Ezekiel toast with almond butter and preserves, like a, like a five-year-old. It was so delicious. (laughs) You know, uh, gosh, just fruits, veggies, um, carbs are not off limits. I love chips. Like I chips every day, 
but it's, it's going back to simplifying it and listening to myself when I'm full, when I'm hungry. And, um, you know, if you watch a, a child eat, right, like there's, they don't have any of that experience and they're just listening to their body and they eat when they're hungry and they put their fork down when they're full. And I think just simplifying all of it, food, fitness, like it doesn't need to be overly complicated. There is no one diet that's going to change your life. And we're just being sold so much all the time. If we can actually just peel back those layers and simplify movement that makes you feel good, foods that make you feel good, that is the secret recipe. How freeing is that to be like, that's it. it that's is. all there is. It There's is. not all this crazy, hard, difficult stuff. That's it. I'm telling you, the freedom I feel is so, I, I, that's what I said in the beginning. If I could give everyone that feeling, that's where I want to get people is just, it is such a joyful, relaxed feeling. I could scream that to the rooftops for my whole life is that wellness in general, health in general is not restrictive. It's not stressful. It's not scary. Like true wellness is the most freeing thing. I love that. I love that. I want to know if there are any tips you personally swear by, obviously you shared so many, but like, I want to know what makes a difference for you. Like you can be super specific. If there is like a hack you swear by for, you know, like a specific brand of supplement or, you know, any kind of specific wellness tips, products you love, anything that like you swear by and makes a difference for your well-being. Ooh. Um, and it's a hard one. I'm a big believer in taking a good probiotic. Your digestive system is so important and it's so interconnected. It's your second brain. So for me, when I started taking, I take seed, they're a partner of mine, but I, I like really believe in what they're doing because you need to be going to the bathroom every day. <laughs> a lot of people are not Crucial. going to the bathroom. So just understanding digestive health a little bit more. Um, so making sure you're taking a good pre and probiotic, a good multivitamin. I like little wellness hacks that I, I do love. I don't do them every day, but I, I do like washa and I like dry brushing. Um, dry brushing feels like a little bit of like a coffee in the morning. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's energy <laughs> boosting. Do you do it in the morning yeah. or when do you dry brush? Okay. I need to do it more consistently. Ideally I do it in the morning, but sometimes it's, it's like, I don't know, while Harlow's taking a nap and I can squeeze in like two seconds of, and it honestly doesn't take that long. I do love getting a massage. Um, being in New York for 15 years, I really miss a good Chinatown massage. I think, you know, like skincare, I love skincare. I love like, um, just beautiful products. I really into core organics has beautiful organic products. Um, salt air has really great products. Um, I mean, I could really, I could list a lot. Um, I don't know if I'm going to like bore you with all the products. <laughs> I mean, I literally, I'm like, I'm going to get on my notepad. You tell me exactly what you do and I will copy it product by product. But are you big on like clean beauty? I am. Okay. So again, like even with like food, like it doesn't need to be all organic. Same with clean, like with beauty. Like, yeah, yes. If I could choose absolutely, are all of my beauty products clean? No, but I do really love and like respect. So like, I think clean beauty, what there is, is important. Um, and I do think like what you put on your skin, right? Like it all seeps in. So when I think about it like that, I'm like, mm, maybe I should be more um, careful <laughs> yeah. about what I'm putting on. But yes, I, I do. I do try to do a lot of clean beauty. Um, same with makeup. Like I think, uh, yeah, yeah, clean makeup. I like to think of it that way. That's a really good way to think of it is, is it's the same thing as food where 
great to get in your veggies, great to have some clean skincare, but if, you know, don't stress yourself out, like the stress about it's going to be worse than one, you know, conventional mascara here and there. So I think that's helpful to think of it. Okay, Megan, I have to ask you my favorite question of all. I need to ask you about your morning routine. I got to know what's the first thing you do when you wake up, what do you eat for breakfast, supplements, rituals, all the details, your non-negotiables for your morning. Because I can imagine you have a good one. And especially with a, a little cute, adorable kid, you probably have some interesting, interesting things in your morning routine. I can tell you like what my typical morning is. And then I could probably tell you what like my ideal morning routine should be. I love, should be. I love it. G- give it to us both. Yeah, I love it. Okay. So like today I'm, I probably hear I'm a little under the weather. Um, so I snoozed a little bit. So today I woke up at six 30. I immediately, I always make, um, like room temp water and half of a lemon to just to get digestion going. I then will either make an espresso or I'll, I really love a French press too. There's something just about that process that I really yes. enjoy. And then it's 7 a.m. and I've got to get my daughter. Um, so I get my daughter up. My husband and I are like really a true team. So like I'm changing her. He's getting the bottle. We have our morning with her. We read books. Um, it is my mornings. I'm not going to lie. can be a little stressful because a lot of my team is on the East coast. So when I wake up at 6 30 or 6 15, it's nine there. And like, emails are coming in. So, um, I've been a little bit better about putting boundaries around my phone. Um, but sometimes I'll be answering emails at like seven in the morning. So that's like bare bones morning. Great. Oh, and then I would go on to work out after that. So, um, movement, of course, um, perfect morning. It would be, I would get up at like six fifteen, six, have lemon water, my coffee. I would go outside, get some vitamin D, um, drink my coffee in some sunshine. I would journal, which I have been doing a better job at, even just five minutes doing a quick journal, doing a quick meditation. I've been okay at doing that lately. <laughs> and then getting my daughter, spending time with her, and then getting it into my movement practice. Something, again, I think I touched on like just scrolling for me is something I'm really working on. Um, and, and that's been a huge benefit for me in my mental health, even in the morning, just like not getting on social media and scrolling because my comparative brain wants to just kick in. And there's something that is so good for me. Just get, If I'm going to go on Instagram, it's to post, it's to communicate in my DMs, but it's not to scroll. Yeah. Being intentional. I love that. That yes. sounds like the most lovely morning routine. That sounds amazing. What's your journal routine? Like, do you have any like prompts you follow? Is it like a free flowing journal? Like what do you do when you do journal? Yeah, I have the five minute journal. That's really nice. It gives you those oh, prompts. Yeah. I, I like a prompt because sometimes I'm like, what am I supposed to say here? Yeah. Um, and then I have, I also have my other journal that I bought from Mad Happy that I really like too. They also give you little prompts and each day is different, which I like. That is nice. I know I need a prompt. Otherwise I'm like, what's going to come out? That's how I feel about meditation too. Like I need a guided meditation. So do you use guided meditation? We have meditation app. So all are like under. So you use those? Yes. I've literally listened to all of them a million times. I really love them. We have Kelsey Patel and Amira Amar on there and they're so amazing. Like truly. Oh my gosh. Those I have yet to try because I'm working on my meditation game. My my favorite on there is Letting Go by um, Kelsey. Ooh, I cry every time. 
<laughs> oh my God. And how long is that one? Like, what is short? Five minutes. Five minutes. What? Five minutes? Yeah. I, yeah, I need short. to let go for five minutes a lot. I'm going to need that. That's going to become a, a regular for me. I can tell already. I love it. We're going to wrap up on some rapid fire questions. First one, what is your go-to coffee order? As of late, iced almond milk latte. Sometimes extra hot almond milk latte. Depends on the mood. Yum. Love it. The biggest difference between your 20s and 30s? Oh, gosh. Um, Just, I am so aligned to my purpose in my 30s. Like, it is so clear on what I'm doing and um, just feeling so grateful to have that in my life. That's such a good answer. Lastly, leave our audience with any kind of resource you already have given so much, but anything else, whether it's like a book, an app, uh, a movie, something that like really resonated with you and changed your life. Um, I I think if you are someone who is struggling in any way with your relationship with food, I I mentioned it before, but Women, Food, and God by by Janine Roth. It's it's, don't let the word God stray you. It's not it's more like a little bit spiritual, but it's more about your relationship with and understanding your relationship with food and kind of dipping your toe a little bit into what intuitive eating is. I love that. I'm going to order that as soon as we get off this. That sounds so good. And then where can everyone find you, Megan, your Instagram? How can people work out with the Sculpt Society? Give us all the deets. You can find me on Instagram. I am at Megan Roop, which is my personal account. Um, business is at the Sculpt Society. If you want to work out with us, we have a code too. It's a seven-day free trial. Um, you also can get 25% off your first month with EG25. And that's through our website. Um, and again, there's a free trial with that too. So you can try it and see if you like it. Thank you so much for the code. I'm so excited to try it myself. I am a huge fan of the Sculpt Society workout. So I'm definitely going to use the 25% off. Everybody else do the same. It's amazing. Megan, thank you so much for coming on. I love you so much. I'm your biggest fan. And it was so great to talk to you. Thank you so much. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.